0: Joining us now, he is the director of golf down at Innisbrook, hosting the Valspar. Next week, Bobby Barnes joins us. Bobby, welcome back into the golf shop. Hey,
1: okay, good morning, everybody. Thanks for uh, having me back on. It's always an exciting time of year when I'm talking
0: to you guys. Oh, yeah. Is, you know, yeah. Uh, we've we've been watching the Players' Championship. Uh, the weather's been really nice. It's going to kind of hang tough today. Tomorrow's going to be a little bit uh, dicey. Um, how uh, How's the course setting up down the, down your neck of the woods?
1: Well, the course is in great shape. Probably, uh, probably the best I've ever seen it. As you guys know, we did the uh, the restoration uh, in 2015, so four years later, the turf is nice and mature. The the rough is nice and long and juicy, like we like it. And and, you know, it's been an interesting winter. It's been almost like a El Nino type winter with uh, you know
2: unusually
1: heavy rains and things of that nature. But the weather's been great. Uh, The course is in great shape. They're calling for a little bit cooler temperatures, maybe a little bit of rain next week, but nothing that we're worried about. So I think the course is going to show great on TV this uh, this next week.
2: Did you overseed Bobby, or is it going to be straight Bermuda this year?
1: Yeah, we did overseed. You know, with the amount of play that the course gets, it's almost uh, an insurance policy, if you will. But it really does. We we have Celebration Bermuda. with the the three inches of the rough that the tour and and, and we like to have, uh, it's it's necessary. We went lighter applications in the fairways and the greens, but uh, but the rough is definitely overseated And you know, I just watching a little bit of the players. I mean, it's been a little bit crazy around here. But the little bit that I have seen, um, you know, it's. it's think that's the best i've seen sawgrass in a long time i think that move from may into march has been a good move for them and, uh, and again I, our course is great and yeah we did oversee
2: yeah the, i'm glad you mentioned uh the march date for the players when they when they made that schedule uh, a lot of people were saying well the valspar is going to get you know they're going to get hammered on this same because it's the week after the players but you know i'm looking at the list of people that, have, that are in the field at this point and i don't think <laughs> i don't think you've missed a beat at all as far as who's coming i mean you know Jason, Day, yeah. And, I mean Tommy Fleetwood, you know the Johnson, Dustin, and, and Zach Johnson. I mean it goes on and on. Really, really great field.
1: Yeah, it is, um, and and I'm glad you mentioned that because there was a lot of angst going into this year with uh, basically being the meat in between the players and the match play championship. But um, you know, so far so good. Like you said, I mean uh, DJ coming back, world's number one is a is a big thing for us. I don't think he's been back since 2012 um Jason Day is back I think since the uh, first time since 2013 Tommy Fleetwood as you mentioned a lot of our past champions like Gary Woodland I mean it, it's going to be a really strong field and uh, and then you know as a director you just hope they all play well yeah. and uh, you know we've got that exciting weekend but uh, yeah it's it's, uh, it's it's actually kind of exceeded our expectations um you know Full, full transparency, I'm still a little disappointed that uh, we didn't get Tiger back. Uh, we, we really thought we had a good chance of getting him back, but understandably so with uh, with the new schedule and the FedEx points. So, but yeah, we're looking forward to a great weekend, and uh, getting DJ back is huge.
2: Yeah, and, and I think I think it's a credit to the golf course. I mean, these guys rave about Ennisbrook, and, and I, I just think that that has a lot to do with it too, obviously. But, yeah. Um, good luck next weekend, man. This is going to be. A, I'm, I'll be. I'll be watching the whole. The whole thing. So.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, we uh, we take a lot of pride in the fact that the the players year after year after year vote uh, the Copperhead Golf Course within their top five of their favorite courses all year. And you know when you think of Augusta and some of the other big names that uh, that they play every year, it's it's something that we uh, we have a lot of pride in.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, looking at the leaderboard this week in your field, there's a pretty good chance that you have uh, the player's champion that's going to be teed up next week so far. (laughs) So, you know, that that won't hurt anything either. Um, So for our listeners that uh, may not remember the Copperhead course, kind of give us a feel for some of the holes where we're going to see some good scoring and some of the holes where the tour players uh, will be happy to get out of there with a par.
1: Yeah, you know the Copperhead is just that great golf course that doesn't need to be tricked out or long with the with the undulations, the uphill, the downhills, the side hills. Um, it's a really great course. I know a lot of the viewers probably don't see number one, which is pretty friendly par five with a lot of the guys. It's a double dogleg, which is kind of a signature design of Larry Packard, the designer. But um, that first hole kind of gets you off to a good start. Two, three, and four, and then especially five with the. Uh, you know, it's a 600-plus par 5 that goes straight up the hill and downhill. Um, but, yeah, you know, number one is a good birdie hole. Seven is a good birdie hole on the front. And if you look at our past scores that are usually right around 10 under, you know, you figure you shoot two or three under every day, you really give yourself a good chance to win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you look at the back, you know, it's, you always have to talk about, to think that, um, you know, 16, 17, and 18 coming in, the tournament's usually won or lost on those holes. Because it's such a tight field, um, not a whole lot of birdies going on on 16 and 18. I think 17 is probably the best chance for birdie out of the snake pit. When I think back to past winners, Gary Woodman made birdie there that propelled him to the victory. Jordan Spieth in 2015 making birdie there in the third playoff hole. There's usually you know good drama in that snake pit. And, you know 18 last year. I, you know Patrick Reed back in the field. Um, I think he's won runner-up maybe three of the last five or six years, so he's kind of my dark horse front-runner. Um, and you know, when I think about last year, him hitting that first chip um, that came back to his feet—had um, he got that up and down, um, him and Paul Casey would have been in the playoffs. So, you know, the snake pits always good drama, and I think that those guys are going to win. They need the birdie 17 and, and at least par 18. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know what's interesting when you look at uh, the past champions list. um, You know, obviously you got a bomber on there like a like a Gary Woodland and um, and and John Senden's always been a long hitter. But uh, you know, when you look at like Retief Goosen and and uh, Jordan Spieth and Schwartzel and Hadwin and Casey, these these to me are all guys that are sneaky long. They're they're longer than we think they are, um, and it's just kind of an odd it's it's an oddity for me on this list that we kind of have guys that do hit it a long way, but we don't really credit them with being the bomber. So does this golf course set up for somebody who does hit it a little bit longer than average um, to be able to handle it and, and get into position a little bit easier?
1: Yeah, you bring up a good point. I mean, it's a credit to the golf course. Uh, it's something that I've kind of mentioned over the years, too. Gary Woodman, obviously a bomber. Um, you know, I think of guys like Luke Donald and Jim Peer that don't really hit it that far, you know, comparatively so to the, the Bombers on the tour. And, and again, I think it goes back to the credit of the golf course. Uh, the golf course is, is 71, almost 7,200 yards. We would never need to make it any longer because of the dog leg left, the dog leg right, the tree-lined fairways, the subtle breaks around the green, and, and always the juicy rough around the green. So, you know, the players, I think they really appreciate this golf course and like playing this golf course because you don't have to be a bomber to win it. Uh, definitely, it's, you know, a longer hitter is always going to have an advantage. Um, you know, the par five definitely helps. But, you know, this golf course really has you keep the driver in the bag um, because it just doesn't. On some of these holes, it just doesn't do you any good to hit it longer. Um, you have to keep it in the fairway, and I think that's why the players like to play it, because it's an even playing field, and everyone that tees up has a chance to win.
2: Yeah, for the listeners that don't know, if, if you have if you don't know Ennisbrook very well, you know, you think of Florida golf, and Bobby, and you think about flat golf courses, it, it's almost like playing in North Georgia or even in the Carolinas when you play at Ennisbrook, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I'd always heard the comparison to Pinehurst and, uh, you know, finally had the opportunity to play Pinehurst a couple years ago, and I was like, wow, you know, I I see what everybody means. Right. This piece of property that we have, it's a 900-acre piece of property, and you would never know you're in flat Florida. I mean, uh, I'm I'm actually talking to you guys on the island course, looking at number 11 right now, which is the highest point above sea level in all of Pinellas County. I mean, the elevation changes, the – I don't even think the TV does it justice. Almost kind of like a a little bit, but we do. We're really lucky in the in the standpoint that we have this nature area, trees, water, ele- you know, elevated streams, rolling hills. It really does have a, like you said, a Georgia or Carolina feel to it. Um, you, if if you close your eyes and we put you here, you would never know you're in Florida.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so what really does it take to, to succeed at this golf course? Is it getting in position off the tee? Is it uh, really solid uh, iron play on approach shots to the green? Is it, is it a little bit of short game? Or is it, uh, we, we all know it's eventually going to come down to the flat stick, but in order to get into position to make some putts, I mean, what's, the, what's really the key to, to playing Innisbrook?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's literally all of the above. But, I mean, you have to keep the ball in the fairway. I mean, it, it starts right there. And, you know, I thought that's why Tiger had a really good chance of winning last year because mm-hmm. he wasn't hitting his driver very well. Um, he hit that two-iron two stinger really, really well. You have to keep the ball in the fairway here. The rough is going to be over three inches tall. Uh, the, the fairways are tree lined with trees and, and rough, and, and so you know I think that is paramount. I think that is the number one key that you have to keep the ball in the fairway. And then you know the greens, um, they're they're so subtle um, in some areas, and then they're and they're pretty pretty extensive in some other areas. So you know I think those guys on tour that you know if they can keep it in the fairway that gives them a good chance to hit the green. And then yeah, you have to be able to to make some putts. I think you know I mentioned Patrick Reed earlier and what an up-and-down machine he is. And I think that's why he plays so well here, because if you do get a little out of position, you know he has the game to get up and down to do it. But with the rough being three inches, it's pretty much like that all around the green, too. So if you don't have a good short game, you're not going to compete. But I do really think it all begins with keeping the ball in the fairway.
0: All right, give me a prediction on uh, winning score.
1: I think uh, Patrick Reed wins at
0: 11-under. Ooh. Wow. He, he went, went all oh, in, gosh. gave me gave me the guy and the win. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, you know. Obviously,
2: you've been thinking about that for a little while, hey, Bobby. Wow. You answered that really fast. He hinted. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, yeah, well, place the best in Vegas. You heard it here first. Nice. I'm going to do it right now. Well, Bobby, man, we always appreciate you coming on with us. Have a great event, and uh, we'll be watching.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate you having us on, and uh, appreciate everybody watching next week.